bringing it to them all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Bird Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? What's up? from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Baltimore Sports. Welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. Oh, man. You want to start over? <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I don't know. I was distracted. I was distracted. This Being cooped up in this, in this house too long is making me go crazy. In the closet, I got the we got the the stay at home order. I I'm 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 I always go the extra mile as far as precaution goes. So I haven't left my closet since the stay at home order has been enacted here in Maryland. Um, as always, I'm joined by the button lover Josh Broca. Hey, how you how you doing, Matt? Good. How's, good. how's that closet treating you? You got a real you guys now you guys got a real stay at home. What starting tomorrow? Starting tonight? Tonight, tonight. We are thirty minutes into it. Gotcha. And I am under Florida law, which is which all crazy. Anything goes. <laughs> anything, anything goes. We'll get into that later. Yeah, we, we I, I got some get, thoughts on that too, but we'll we'll hold off. We'll hold off yeah, before people start complaining. I know. Right. Bef- we, this is an Orioles podcast. Um, before people start complaining about us not talking about the O's, let's talk about some Orioles baseball. You used to call me on my. You used to. You used to. Yeah. You used to call me on my cell phone. Day night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Section 336 now is excited to be joined by Jeff Arnold. He is a broadcaster for the Orioles Radio Network uh, and and Masson, uh, as well as a former uh, broadcaster for the for the Keys, where where we know Jeff. Um, returning guest Jeff Arnold, welcome to Section Three Three Six. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's good to uh, catch up again. Yeah, and let, uh, let's start with. Um, and I should have said this first, even when we got you on the line. Is congratulations on the promotion. That's really cool, Jeff. Oh, I really, I really appreciate it, guys. It's a dream come true, and uh, really excited to be with the Orioles and, and stay within the organization. And uh, it's been a blast so far. Now, was this flux of no baseball season and all of this have anything to do with your dreams? It's a weird time to get into to get the to get the call. It, it really is a strange uh, situation right now, but um, I think the biggest thing is just everybody's got to stay safe and not take any unnecessary risks and stay inside and you know use this opportunity to watch old Orioles games and check out old games on YouTube and MLB Network and. Know, pick up some books. There are a lot of great Orioles books out there, and, and check those out and, and use the, the time at home as, as well as you can. But you know, I think kind of what we just hope for is that everybody stays safe, and, and hopefully, we'll be, be able to play baseball at, at some point. All right. See that? Yeah. Matt, he mentioned a bunch of things to do that don't have to do with Tiger King. Yeah. So thank goodness, okay. because you know how I feel about that. Um, no, but I was thinking about this. I just I think a lot about how this is affecting individual people in really different ways and from a baseball this is a baseball podcast so we talk a lot about orioles uh and baseball <laughs> that's what we do it's but like i was thinking about how bad i feel for people like 
um, Austin Hayes, right? On, on a smaller scale, world scale, it's not a big deal. But for people like Austin Hayes and Hunter Harvey too, guys who battled injury, and it looks like this was their kind of first year to have kind of a full season with the Orioles and to have it started off by not having that appearance. And and, and Jeff, to you too, right? To have your dream come true uh, and being called up uh, to broadcast for the bottom Orioles and now to have that kind of put on hold, like that has to be kind of, from your perspective, really frustrating, right? Because this was this was your dream. You got it, and now they're like, hold up, wait. <laughs> you know what it is, but the biggest thing is that there's so many more people that have been just hurt by this thing that, you know, my, my frustrations are relatively, you know, insignificant uh, compared to, you know, people that have lost family members from this thing, people that have family members that are working in, you know, hospitals and trying to get things cured. I mean, I, I just heard that the, the percentages, you know, the, the jump is like 400% in Maryland. And, of course, all the terrible things that have been happening in New York where they're asking for healthcare workers to come up and assist them. And, you know, my brother's girlfriend is actually, um, she's a dentist, and I think she'll get assigned to one of the emergency rooms in, in, in New York at some point. So uh, it, it, it's frustrating, um, it, but but honestly it doesn't really it doesn't even hold a candle to any of the the really significant things that are going on right now so for the time being we'll, we'll just learn a little bit more about the orioles from the, from the comfort of our of our dens and um and and stay up to date about what what's going on and and analyzing some of the different um you know things that we we can and, and try and keep it light as opposed to you know a lot of people out there that are that are dealing with things far greater and far more important right now and you know we, we pray for everybody's safety during this uh, really uh, kind of unprecedented time right now with what's with what's going on and we just hope that, that those that are uh, healthcare workers and those that are trying to help uh, contain this thing uh, stay out of harm's way and, and we're you know, just hoping for the best for everybody yeah absolutely and we appreciate that perspective jeff um, if we can, and that's, that's and it's good for for you to keep that in perspective, and for I think for all of us to keep that in perspective. Um, can 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 we go back to when you when you got the job? I'm just I'm I'm curious about kind of inside information here. What what was the kind of the process like? The interview process um, for for the for getting the call up to the to to the major league squad. So it's a little bit different than, than how it would work for, for players as, as you would imagine. And, and, you know, for, for broadcasters, and I get asked about this a lot in terms of, the, you know, does it work like it, it's single A or double A or triple A or whatever. I've talked to a bunch of different people about this. And the reality of it is that, you know, there's, there's minor league and there's major league. And, um, you know, there's not really like a, a you, you move from class to class like the players do. It doesn't work that way. Um, and for me, you know, what I what I tried to do was every off season. The off season was really important for me just because you know you're 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 working other positions and doing other roles and doing other jobs and doing television and a bunch of different things just to you know to make ends meet, to make some money for yourself, to save some money for yourself too. But also to improve your resume and to give you some more experience. And I had a lot of really good experiences in the offseason. I was a full-time employee with the Keys, and that was great. My boss, David Idellis, was really nice to give me an opportunity to be able to do some freelance work uh, once we got into the into the offseason. And some general managers aren't necessarily as understanding as that, but as, as Dave mm. pointed out to me before, he's like, you know, if you 
if you aren't doing any off-season work in journalism, you're not very good. So, so he's like, I, I expect you to be doing other other things. And so he was really understanding. And, you know, I, I use vacation days and personal days and other things like that to be able to, to do some of that stuff. Um, and also, over the course of time, you can build relationships with different people uh, throughout the Orioles organization. From uh, from a baseball standpoint, you can get to know all the managers and coordinators and uh, different player development people and, and folks on the executive staff and things like that. So that's that's great. Um, but I'd I'd form some some pretty good relationships, you know, as well with the the PR staff and uh, people in their leadership and just a bunch of different you know folks you know, throughout the organization. And everyone had been really kind and, and welcoming to me. And, um, I, I realized that you know, they were busy and I had a, they had a job to do. But at the same time, you know, when I, when I stopped by Camden Yard, um, it, it, I'd connect with them and, and reach out and say hello. And um, the PR people were always so nice about making sure that, you know, when I was around, that I was, I was welcome and, and they were really kind about that. And, uh, and then also getting to know some people with Masson. Uh, I, I built relationships with a number of people on that side of things as well. And, and they were always great. It was fun to be able to, to help them out with some of the different projects they were doing last year when there was a big focus on the minor leagues. And so what ended up happening is they, they reached out to me, the Orioles did, in about November. And um, we knew each other. I, I think they liked what I did previously. And there, there was, you know, they were always really kind. And, um, you know, I'd hear from them from time to time. And, um, and then, you know, once we got into January, that's when things started to ramp up. And uh, I met with them, and, you know, they kind of told me some things that they were looking to do for this year and, and how I how I fit into that and um, how I was, you know, a good fit for what it was they were they were looking to, you know, to try and explore for, for this year. And, um, you know, from there, it, it – it was kind of, you know, they, they kind of figured out in a short time what they wanted to do on their broadcast. And I was really excited about doing it. And it, it made, you know, great sense to, to me, given what my skill set was. And so it was, it was predominantly a, a radio role, but obviously we're all content creators and contribute digital content to the team. And, um, and then you might have, uh, see, I did a game on Mastin, and then I, I, was, I was supposed to do a couple of games on Mastin during spring training. Um, but uh, we, we sort of, you know, they, they kind of knew what they were looking for. And I, I sent them samples, obviously, to just kind of make sure that, that I was the right fit for them. And, um, and it all ended up uh, working out. Um, you know, they, they kind of told me what they wanted. And I was the, the right fit for them at the right time. And, and that's sort of just like what life is and what, what any job is. It's, it's being the, you know, the, the, the right person at the right time. Um, and it was the right situation for sure. For a long time, and I got to know a lot of the players and um, the, the different people in their organization. And you know, I, I also got to, to you know know last year some of the different people that were were within the, the you know the new group, uh, you know, led by Michael Elias. So um, it was it was a good fit overall, and, um, and spring training went great. And uh, you know, until until things uh, transpired the way that they did. And, um, but it was a it was a process that you know it, it kind of you know kicked off in November and then once we got into January we were sort of on the runway and, and uh, you know a short time after that it was moving to Baltimore and then going down to Sarasota and was there for uh, for about a month 
you know, getting to know the team and the different people and doing some games. And, um, and so it was, it was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. This is the biggest change the Orioles broadcast team has made in a while. And, uh, kind of an odd, seems like an odd time to do it on the downswing when you're not expecting to go big, but it's good that you have made all those connections because it's almost a 20 man team and it seems like you're all just splitting between radio and Masson and you'll use on the internet and it's all going to be passed around. Um, is so you are you going to be primary radio? Is that what you you believe, or is it kind of like you don't people don't even know yet? You're just going to figure it out as things go this year. No, there 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 was a schedule and everything, and everybody okay. kind of understood what their specific role in the team was. Um, so my role is um, I'm going to be the the person that you know, the primary radio person, I guess you would say, um, where I'm the, the guy that you're going to be, you know, the voice you're going to be familiar with hearing on a night in and night out basis. And, and then I'll work with a bunch of different people. Um, you know, Kevin Brown will be with me a, a bunch and then I'll do a, I was, you know, we'll, we'll see obviously how the schedule changes with just kind of what's going on this year and, and with the gotcha. coronavirus. But, right. um, you know, with the, with the schedule as, as it was, I was going to work, you know, decent amount with Kevin and then I worked some with Melanie Newman and then Brett Hollander and then I do a, a lot of games with analysts um, you know I, I was the, you know the primary radio guy or the lead voice on a, on a lot of those broadcasts and then you know Kevin would be the you know the lead voice on on the games where, where he was doing and, and Kevin is terrific right. and he does a great job and um, but that that's kind of how it was was gonna was gonna shake out and and cool. sort of the, the plane of attack, and and you know now we're we're kind of just in a holding pattern. Where of course, we're kind of wait to see what happens. Now, right now, you know, radio is probably the toughest because you're judged way more than TV broadcasters. People really mm-hmm. are sensitive to who's broadcasting uh, their favorite baseball team. I remember when Kevin Brown came in last year, there were lots of question marks about this guy coming in. And uh, I think people and he, were happy he had to make clear that he wasn't the pitcher. He had to clarify that he was yes, not the former pitcher. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> are you ready to be uh, attacked, loved, uh, either way? <laughs> yeah, it's good ways to too, right? Media. You remember right, you'll the get, radio you'll guys. get praise, yeah. but you'll also get attacked. And <laughs> make sure you're ready for that. Well, that's the thing is that people find a way to attack Al Michaels. People find a way to attack uh, Doc Emmerich. People yeah. find a way to attack Gary Thorne. Like, you know, Gary Thorne is somebody that he's, you could say he's a Hall of Fame broadcaster in two sports. Like, if, if you're going to find fault with those people, then it should come as no surprise that you're going to find fault with me or Kevin or Melanie or anybody else. Like, that's, that's just the nature of the beast, and we all kind of understand that. But, you know, for, for what I try and do is, um, you know, I, I understand that the, the tradition of Baltimore Orioles radio broadcasts are incredibly strong. Like Joe Angel to me is a Hall of Fame broadcaster, and I, I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame at some point. And then you have Chuck Thompson, who had an incredible career, and Frank Messer, and just so many of the others that had great careers. I saw Fred Manfred spring training uh, one of the first days that I was there, and it, it's it's just an incredible group, and and I know kind of what is expected and you know my job as i as i tried to show during the when the season is you know make sure that it's an easy listen that i'm not overbearing that i keep it fun that it's informative that 
you're going to be able to enjoy listening to it, that we, we don't batch you to death. Um, you know, I think statistics can, can help out a broadcast and there, and there are certain ones that, you know, can make it enlightening, but I don't want it to be a numbers test. And I don't think anybody wants that. And, you know, it's about keeping it conversational and fun where we tell stories and, you know, where I can work effectively, not only with other play-by-play partners, but also the analysts that I'm with. That, you know, my job is to, to make sure that I'm getting the absolute best of the people that, that I work with. And uh, and that's what we want it to be. We want it to be a fun, lighthearted broadcast. Like when, when I've listened to Joe and Fred, like that's, that's what it was. And, um, you know, when you listen to, to Gary Thorne to do a broadcast with Jim Palmer and, you know, and, and it's just it's a it's a it's a blast. Um, I, I mean, I was I was I was I was watching a clip of Gary not long ago um, where he was on a broadcast like the seventh inning. He was doing a a, a jingle with a you know second spam or something like that. It was so funny and like that's what great broadcasts are about. It's about the, those are the things that people remember and makes them have fun and makes them enjoy tuning in. Um, it, it and and that's that's what I'm trying to do and that's what I did when I was. Frederick, and, and that's going to remain the, the goal for me with the Orioles and to, to kind of help everybody know, like, these are the people that we have right now, and, and maybe you don't know this person too well, but, you know, we're going to work to, to help you know who they are and what they're about and, and how they're going to contribute to this team uh, getting back on top again. Yeah, it's true. I think of, it's funny you say that, right? Because when I think of Joe Angel, I do think of Joe Angel like cracking a joke and Fred Manfred giggling in the background at a joke that Joe Angel mm-hmm. just told. And that's kind of my image of Joe Angel. And when you have a game, we have a, a sport, right? That's a hundred. It's not like football, right? There's 162 games. Like it is, it is a long grind. And whether you're winning or losing, um, it's a long season. So I think that that sense of humor, um, that keeping it lighthearted, I think is, is even more important, right? Because cause it's a marathon. It's, it's, it's not a sprint. So have you been uh, then? No doubt about no doubt. So have you been practicing your home run calls, coming up with a slogan that you want everyone to remember you for? <laughs> you staring in the mirror, talking to yourself. <laughs> Wave it bye-bye is taken, yeah. You know what? Uh, yeah, well, exactly. And that's the thing. You wave it bye-bye, goodbye home run, and all those other ones. Yeah. You know, I, I said this in an article uh, before. When it comes to home run calls, I just say what comes out. It's like it's, it's what comes out and um, – you know, there was a time when, you know, coming up with a patented home run call was like a big thing. Um, but for me, it, it's a lot of just like, you know, spur of the moment, just stay in the moment, and then you'll, you'll figure out what comes out. It was funny, though. Um, I did a video on Twitter not long ago. Um, we were all trying to contribute to some digital content for the, for the, uh, for, for the team. And um, it was a Friday, and I did this backyard baseball video, and um, I had Pablo's Pablo Sanchez was was up at bat and um and and, and so I was I did it it was a gag it was it was a Friday thing it was meant to give everybody a laugh and have fun and, and enjoy it and I think I said caramba at the very end and and I, I saw like an, a, a a friend of mine did an article and uh, they they were like yeah, they they post, they embedded the the tweet and it was like is his home run call really caramba it's like no, like this, this whole, the whole thing was a joke. Like it was, it was supposed to be funny. Like we're, we're not experienced here. Um, but like I think, I think that kind of is you know you, you understand it now just because like like Joe Buck is doing these hilarious videos on Fox Sports. Um, yeah. 
yeah. you know, about people doing everyday tasks. And there yeah. was, um, I think, one soccer announcer in England that was doing that. They were really funny and entertaining. And, and, and you know, Doc Emmerich and his crew went out there. Uh, I think he was, like, getting his windshield wipers changed or something <laughs> like that. Like, it's, like it, it, honestly, it's just like it was, it was the, the goal is just, just be funny and make you laugh. Like, that's is not, not to be taken seriously. But um, to answer your question, it's just like it's spur of the moment, and, and that's when your best stuff usually happens anyway. Is that anything that you plan, it's bound for us. So well, um, I, I don't want to subject anybody to that. And I think yeah. this will be a good year of you figuring that out so that you are ready for when Adley Rushman comes up. And that's <laughs> when you need your highlight calls because uh, – you know, a lot of traction was made this football year with the, the Marvelous call, the Houdini call, Mr. Impossible. Mm-hmm. Those all worked really good. So you got to start thinking about Adley Rushman and the future of this team when they're good. Exactly. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, when you think about why this is a, the time when you, you have all these folks in your broadcast team and you made the changes that you did, I think that's part of why this was a good time to do it. Um, you know, you saw the changes on the baseball operations side, and then you saw some of the changes on the, the business operations side, and um, they, you know, decided to just make a make a few adjustments on the, the broadcast side, and um, and that's kind of what um, you know that's that's sort of I think there's a thinking is that you know everybody will will kind of you know carve out what 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 their different roles are, are going to be and. You know, you've got some really established broadcasters, and and I think it's a terrific broadcast team. Um, and then once you once you get to the point where the Orioles are, are really competing again, and you're in a great spot, and everybody's firing on all cylinders, and, and it's going to be a uh, not only fun to watch on the field, but it's going to be fun to listen to, whether it's on Madison or whether it's on the Orioles Radio Network or whether it's some of the other great digital content that we're, we're going to be putting out there. Yeah, and I think it's really cool that you kind of come from within the organization, so you are familiar with a lot of the players. Josh could never be an announcer for a lot of reasons, but one of them is because he would have trouble pronouncing pretty much every single name. Is there, uh, (laughs) Jeff, is there, from from, from your end and working with the Frederick Keys, were there a couple names that you kind of had to go home and practice to make sure that you pronounce their names correctly? And was there one that stands out as kind of being a challenging name for you to get down? You know what? I'd have to think about it a little bit. I will say that in spring training, the name of camp of the Tampa Bay Rays, um, one of the the guy, one of their new uh, infielders, is also going to play some outfield for them. Uh, Yoshi Tutsugo. It's mm. it's T S P. I think it's like I think it's T S P U G O. Um, it was just like a really um, it was kind of a challenging one to say. Like like I, I was talking to the Rays broadcasters who were terrific guys and 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 one of them was like it's like it's like susu sulio and i was i was like okay and then like <laughs> i thought about it for a second i looked at the pronunciation i was like oh okay I was like i get i get where they were going but it took like a time or two to like figure it out um and then i think more of the challenging names for me have come from the opposing teams that, that we have mm. played um and and you'll you'll get tripped up by one every once in a while um, you know, the one that, um, I'm trying to, trying to think, uh, there was one, there's one guy that's with Myrtle Beach of the Cubs, um, you know, affiliate. It, 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 could, it was a little bit of a challenging one, but, uh, for the most part, um, you know, you just practice it and, and every, 
and, and all the broadcasters in our league were really good and and they were pretty you know they spent a lot of time around the team so if there was like an issue with the pronunciation you were going to be able to figure it out pretty easily and they could you got some help as as you were going um but um no, actually, I'll tell you who it was. The one that, that kind of got me was was Pedro Araujo. Yeah, um, that was that was a challenging one because the first time I thought I was like, "Is it Araujo?" And they were like, "No, it's Araujo." And I was like, "Yeah, oh, yeah." What? It, it was it was hard to hard to pronounce because you see that name so often and it's pronounced Araujo. Um, but but Araujo was, and I was, I was like, "Okay," so I had to like really like watch myself as as um as I was doing that one, but. No, like I'd say maybe the, the more challenging names that I have dealt with have done when, when I when I've done basketball. That's maybe where when you get a lot of the players from from Europe and, and from different places. That's maybe where I've had where the where they're the most challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, where you get names like Misharikov or something like that, yeah. where you have to really uh, think about it for a second. So I would say probably basketball is where I found the most challenging name pronunciation. But yeah. I took Spanish when I was in college and high school, and so that certainly helped with those. Um, yeah, every once in a while, you would have a player that maybe they, they if they were from Latin America, maybe they wanted to have their name Americanized, and others wanted to say it you know, a different way. Um, so... So you just you just had to figure that part of it out, uh, and they might ask you to make an alteration during the year. But um, for for the most part, um, you, you know, not too many problems. Knock on wood, it, at this stage in the game, but you you never are quite sure what you're going to get. Well, that's and that's similar to what happened, I guess, recently with Anthony's uh, Santander, Santander, right? Who, Santander, Santander, Santander yeah. who um, who I guess changed. I mean, it was always pronounced that way, right? He just finally said something about it because i mean i don't know how much players like listen to what broadcasters or who other people how are the people pronouncing their names to even say something about it right well i'll say this when i when i would because when you're in the minor leagues you're also the, the pr person too so you're responsible for figuring out how to say everybody's name hmm. and what i found is that if you ask so do you pronounce your name this way and then give them the pronunciation some guys will just say yes just because they don't want to talk about it or they kind of want to move on. Yeah. The, the best thing is if, if you see a name that you don't necessarily know, you just straight up ask them, how do you say your last name? And if you do that, then you know you're going to find out how it gets said as opposed to, to, to asking, hey, is this correct? Because if you do that, you may not get the correct pronunciation. So. Uh, everybody's different. Like, like I said, you, you might have somebody from Latin America who wants you to say their name uh, a certain a certain way, or they want you to try and roll the R at the N and then, and then. But like, I had a player my first year who um, I asked him, I was like, "How do you want me to say your name?" And he wanted it Americanized, but I think he had a family member tell him that he didn't. They didn't like it that it was said that way. And I was like, "Okay, how do you want me to say your name?" He's like. Change it to say it this way, and that's how it was pronounced the rest of the time. But you know, it, it, it kind of comes down to the player's preference. Like, so what do you want me to do? And um, and sometimes you go to the major, you know, player go from the minors to the majors. I want to change, or uh, somebody like Stevie Wilkerson. Like when he started in the minors, he he was you know he was called Stevie for his entire life. But he decided when he got to the minor league to, to start with Steve because he's like it sounds more professional. 
And then the second year he was in Frederick, he said, "Hey, can you call me Stevie?" I was like, "I was like, really?" Because <laughs> he's got a he's a fun personality, and I was like, well, he, I was, "He's like, no, he's like, and this is why." And he told me why. I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." And so now everyone, of course, knows him as Stevie Wilkerson. But there was a time where he was Steve because he thought going from you know Stevie to Steve just sounded a little bit more professional, and, and sometimes that type of thing happens too. Yeah, exactly. Britain going with the K, much more professional as opposed to the H. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a crazy story. <laughs> but, but I can understand you don't want to, you're trying to be polite and don't want to correct someone, especially when you're young and coming up. I mean, I don't correct anyone at the grocery store. However they pronounce my name, I just say yes and move on. <laughs> so I totally understand. Yeah, it's easier to move on. Okay, yeah, Josh, well, but they're not announcing your name in front of 100 people, 100, or 100 but people. Get out but of here. I don't care about what you're saying my name is as long as I'm playing baseball. Like, I'm trying right, to do the all the right things. Too. Well, the thing is, like, when you're, like, doing everyday life, like, for me, like, I'm G-E-O-F-F. Like, you say your name is Jeff, and you don't, like, there's certain situations where you need them to put it the right way. But there are plenty of times if it's just, like, you know, you go to Chick-fil-A, and they, they ask for your order, and, like, it's like, what's the name of the order? It's like, Jeff, and they put down J-E-F-F. I'm like, I don't care. It's like, I know, I, I know that I'm probably the only Jeff that's here right now, so... We don't need to try and distinguish this or anything, um, but as long yeah, as they say my everybody pleasure, everybody approaches it differently. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so Jeff with a G, you you have you have a um, a lot of experience, right, with the keys. Is there we we kind of know the big prospect names, right? Like everyone knows at this point, Grayson Rodriguez and DL Hall and Rushman. Um, but being with the keys, mm. are, are there a couple other guys that? from watching them all year that you're excited about making their way up the farm system? Right. Uh, I got to do Rutschman in spring training. didn't get to see him with the keys. And then Rodriguez is, is somebody that I was kind of hoping to get over to minor league camp to watch him throw a little bit. But just because of what ended up happening, that, that was, that was, that's got to be put on hold. Um, but so DL Hall is uh, really good and he's got great stuff. If he spots up, incredibly tough to hit he has some of the best pure stuff that i i probably had seen out of you know any pitcher that that i had had covered hmm. um you know last year was a, a challenging one for the keys um there, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of you know death unfortunately in a number of areas um you know and just just kind of going off of last year's you know keys team that i had not sort of looking into you know don't or any place else because like yeah. a guy like Drew Rom, I know people are really excited about him, um, but I didn't get to see Drew play. Um, you know, same thing with a guy like an Adam Hall. Um, Hall, I think maybe saw a little bit of time in like a spring game or something like that, but but I didn't actually get to see Adam Hall play every day. So it's probably not the best for me to like give a scouting report on that because I would just be going off of you know stuff that I heard and just you know very limited reps that I was able to. I keep an eye on Zach Jarrett. Um, you know, as long as Jarrett is, is focused on, just, you know, getting the ball in the air, um, then he is really, really tough. Uh, his, you know, the the, the the exit velocity for him, you know, just to use one of those um, you know, terms right now that people people you know like to use a lot. You know, it's it's you know you're getting really solid contact and you're seeing a lot of you know big league kind of numbers. You know, right away, he's a, he's a bigger dude. He moves around pretty well, and I think for Zach too, because of what his dad's background is, you know, being 
a NASCAR Hall of Famer. His grandfather is also a NASCAR Hall of Famer. He understood right away what is required if you're going to be elite at what it is that you're doing and the amount of time that you have to put in because he was around that type of thing growing up. And granted, it was a different sport, but, you know, people look at, you know, different examples all the time about what is required if you want to to be really good at this. And I think those experiences are certainly going to help out Zach um, as he moves through the system. But, you know, he had an all-star caliber year. It was really great to watch. I, I think Cody Sedlak had the, the kind of year that he was hoping for, and, and it was encouraging to, to see how he performed after he had two years of struggles. And a lot of guys would, would get frustrated and maybe just not approach it the right way. But uh, he stayed tough. He stayed committed to what it is that he was doing. And uh, with some of the, the things that they were telling him to do and showing him on, on what pitches that he had worked the best, um, he was the, the one guy that, uh, when he went out there every day, he was consistently good since the, the start of the year. And you really can't say that about anybody else that he's had on their pitching staff last year. So, uh, hmm. so that was that was encouraging to see. And um, you know, one one player I would say to watch out for, um, and, and he's not going to show up on any prospect list, but he had sort of a unique arsenal. He doesn't have a lot of innings pitched in professional baseball and he's still very much learning but there's a lot of potential there and uh, there's some deception in his delivery with Tim Naughton um, there, there were times where he battled walks and where he made some mistakes but uh, he did spend a little bit of time at double A he had a couple of days up there in, in June and the stuff is there I mean, he knows how to pitch um, with, with kind of what he has at his, his, at his disposal and um, his slider made great games. He was really working on his changeup last year. He has kind of a, a shorter arm delivery, and his arm action is a little weird, so it's hard to pick up. And you know, we all know how deception is a really big part of pitching. So Tim was somebody that, that stood out to me last year for, for what he was capable of doing. He has great stuff, um, but it'll just be a, a situation where the, the more innings that he gets, the more time that he has, um, the, the more that, that he'll continue to improve, and, and at some point, hopefully, the Orioles will he'll be able to, to, to kind of see what he can do for them going forward. But I thought he was a really under-the-radar guy last year um, that, 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 that played well, and then I'm excited to see how he takes his next step forward this year. Yeah, those are a couple of good names to remember. I had forgotten or I didn't know the the Dell Jarrett-Zach Jarrett connection, so that, that that's cool. Um, I was just thinking about it. It's a little bit unfortunate for you, actually, Jeff, because – um, Adley Rushman, Grayson Rodriguez, I assume, a- Adam Hall probably are all guys this year that are going to be making the jump to the Frederick Key- Keys. So this should be actually a really exciting season for the Keys, right? With all these young prospects from the Shorebirds mo- moving up. It should be. And one thing that I tell people is that the jump from Delmarva to the Carolina League, I can't tell you how many times I have heard people say, well, they're going to just breeze right through Frederick, and then we'll see them in Bowie by the All Star break, and then it never works out that way. Some some people it does. Um, you know, you'll you'll get somebody like last year it was Mason McCoy. The year before that it was Ryan McKenna, where they 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 just they take off from the, the start of the year, and then before the year before that it was Boston Hayes. Yeah. And, and people will you know typically say that oh well like they're going to move here from here from here, and like and I, and I always am like oh, I don't know we'll see. Let's, wait and see how this goes because if 
you're a pitcher and you're in the South Atlantic League, you're going to get guys to chase pitches out of the zone. The hitters aren't as disciplined, and they're not as good. And then you get to the Carolina League where you have players who are better. You have players that have spent time at double-A, sometimes at triple-A, and you just have more experienced um, guys out there, and you have just better pitching. And It's not as easy of a transition as you think. I, had, I remember we had a team picnic last year, and I had one pitcher who had spent time at AAA say to us, as we were all kind of talking about it, if you can conquer the Carolina League, then you're in really good shape when you go to Bowie. And if hmm. you pitch really well in Bowie, then you have a chance to, you know, play in the play in the major leagues. And the same thing is true from an offensive standpoint. Like if you can you can figure out the Carolina League and you can go to Bowie and you can put up good numbers there, then suddenly you're looking a lot more attractive to getting to play for the Orioles or another major league team at some point. And so, but but it doesn't necessarily mean that first you know month is going to be too good. And Gil Hall had his struggles there last year. You know, Cody Sedlock had injury problems and other struggles when he arrived there. Keegan Aiken's first start with the Keys, I think, went two thirds of an inning. Um, and you, you saw plenty of other examples, like uh, Jimmy Acabonis made it to the major leagues with the with the keys and his first outing was one of maybe the worst first outings I've ever seen. Hmm. And Aaron Brooks, who some of you might remember with the with his time with the Orioles, I saw hmm. him when he was at the Royals organization. And his first start was an absolute disaster. It was terrible. Hmm. But all those guys pitched in the big leagues. And and so when when people get frustrated over oh this guy, you know, when they check their minor league box first back there, they're following you know nightly, they're like this guy's never going to make it, this guy this, this guy that. I'm like, guys, I've seen tons of people that have just not been great for two or three months, and they figure it out. It's just it's that much more difficult when you make the jump up to the Carolina League. So um, hmm. on paper, I think it looks like a really good group, and it's a really talented group. But at the same time, that's a group that will face its challenges when they get to Mineo Field, and they're facing – you know, some really good talent and, and then also adding some different, you know, farm systems that are really good, such as the Astros, for instance. Um, you can say what you want about them, but, um, but at the same time, um, at the same time, they have a great farm system and an established way of doing things. And, and sometimes when you play a team like that, you're going to see 30% fastballs in the game. And you really haven't seen that very much before. And when they, they throw those pitches, they're going to throw them for strikes and, and they're going to, you know, they're going to walk the motors, but they're also going to throw you 96 on our fastballs and you're going to have to hit them after you, you see breaking ball, breaking ball, change up or something like that. So, uh, that's just part of how it works and, and how the process sort of goes. And, um, those players will be tested and, and they might have some ups and downs. So what I would say to Orioles fans is, uh, when you see, you know, Rutschman, you know, maybe not get off to the start in April that you want, or maybe Adam Hall or someone like that, or, or Grayson Rodriguez or Jerome has a start that you're like, well, that isn't all that good. Like, just be patient. It, it takes a little bit of time to get adjusted, but you would rather go through those struggles and have to make those adjustments in the Carolina League as opposed to trying to do it at Camden Yards. Yeah. Absolutely. And Jeff, Arnold, we appreciate you spending so much time with us. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll end the interview on this. One more question. Is there, I'm assuming we have a minor league season this year. I really hope we do. Um, is there, a, and you know the system as well as anybody, 
what's which team do you think is like if you had to go and watch a team as as an Orioles fan to see kind of the best players, which minor league team do you think is the is the team to watch? I would say it's probably no doubt it's Frederick, and that's just because Delmarva the the year before had the best record of the minors and you know won over. 90 games, and so to me, if, if I had to pick a place to go, it would certainly be Frederick this year because I have to, uh, to imagine that most of those players from that team last year would would probably um, probably go to the Keys if you, you sort of you know looked at the level-by-level level nature that the Orioles are employing with their minor league systems right now. All right, you're just biased and saying Frederick. Okay, I got you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, hey, you know what? Like, you're, you're kind of hoping that we're going to – we're all hoping we're going to have baseball. We're all hoping there's going to be major league season. We're all hoping there's going to be a minor league season. And um, and it, it's going to be exciting to see uh, not only what um, some of those, those players are going to do in Frederick, but, you know, across the, the different minors and you know, who's going to, you know, jump out and who's going to put together a big, you know, 2020 season. Yeah, absolutely. We all can't wait. And uh, Jeff Arnold, thanks for joining us. We we wish you the the best of luck when the season starts. Um, congratulations, yeah, congratulations again. once yeah. again. Very cool. Really appreciate it, guys. It's, uh, it's good to good to be with you, and uh, I'm sure you guys stay safe over there. Absolutely, right, you, too. you too. Stay safe. All right, thank you. Another exciting game of backyard baseball taking place. The Yellow Giants have a two nothing lead, and Pablo Sanchez coming up to the plate against Amir Khan, the jump baller. Khan looking in. First pitch on the way. That misses high. One ball and no strikes to Pablo Sanchez, who can pitch, he can play shortstop, he can do a little bit of everything. And for a small guy, he's got some power. The next pitch is home. And there's a swing and a deep fly ball out to left field. It's going, going, and it's gone over the barrier for a home run. Pablo Sanchez makes it three to nothing. Yellow Giants. Caramba! All right, Matt. Well, that was cool. What's it like to know that your son, Silas, is going to grow up listening to Jeff Arnold uh, with the radio falling asleep to Oriole games and his voice every night well, like we did as kids? Yeah, I mean, when I when I think of Orioles growing up, like I do think of players like Cal Ripken and Randy Mulligan and Mickey Tettleton, but I also think of John Miller. Like that's he is as much a part of the Orioles in my childhood as any player. Um, and so I think of Mike Messina and I think of John Miller, like they, I, they're on the same page for me as far as what I associate my childhood in Orioles baseball. And so, yeah, is, um, for Silas, it's going to be Jeff Miller and Kevin Brown and 17 other guys. So it's, <laughs> right. it is. it's not just yeah. going to be one. It is. It is weird. Uh, because you're right. We drew, grew up with John Miller, fell asleep to his voice snuck little radios into school to listen to Orioles because they had pretty good teams back in the 90s that it was worth doing that for. So, yeah, it's cool that uh, it's cool that we'll be able to listen to Jeff. Yeah, and I'm still, man, I'm still a, you know this, I'm a radio guy. There's nothing I enjoy more than kind of working outside and putting the game on the radio. Like, that's my thing. And so I, I still love, and then, like, I love the 10 o'clock starts when I can just fall asleep. Um, even now as a grown man falls asleep to, to, to the radio, um, to Orioles games. And so, and I think Jeff, Jeff Arnold, uh, being honest, he has a good fall asleep to voice. I don't know if yeah. that's, I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, that's a compliment. He has a very yeah. nice voice. That's kind of soothing, um, that I could fall asleep to. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, we've got all this time without Orioles baseball. Maybe I can just call him at night 
Yeah. And he can do some calls, do some practice calls as I fall asleep. Yeah. Pretend Chris Davis is up, uh, bases loaded, one on one count in the ninth. <laughs> and a strikeout. Uh, yeah. I'll be, I'll be asleep. So it's a home run. I'll be asleep with two strikeouts. So I won't even know what happens. I'll, I'll be asleep with two strikeouts. With like two strikes. Yeah. You, you mentioned during the, our conversation with Jeff that you felt bad for like young guys getting their, getting a, uh, getting a chance jeff arnold getting a chance yeah Didn't you feel a little bad for chris davis who was actually starting to hit the ball yeah well, and now thinking, it's going to start all over again after this is can he hit the ball yeah i was thinking about this like who does this delay and maybe cancellation we get i don't know but who does delay on the orioles hurt the most chris davis number one <laughs> and kinda, then i feel like that right it kind of does because he was doing he was hitting the ball like who knows where he's going to be at but does it or does it not because we kind of talked about, like, all right, will he last the whole year? If the year shortened, he'll yeah. last the whole year. Yeah, I mean, it's true. But he's going to just... be pumping some iron. You know you know he's, he's a workout king. He's going to be pumping some iron every day during this uh Well, I saw, I saw some sports made, uh, made rules that during, the, during all of this coronavirus stuff that players are allowed to use marijuana. And then they're not going to test for marijuana during all of this. I don't. I think it was like the NBA or NFL, one of them that passed this rule. Oh, so I'm know. thinking maybe during the during this lockdown stuff, Chris Davis can go back on the Adderall. Yeah, and get enough Adderall in his, his, in his system to last the rest of the season. I don't know how Adderall works. Yeah, can you take enough now either. for it to, <laughs> to it to last I, the rest of the season? I don't know how it works either, but I thought I used to know how hand-eye coordination worked, and apparently now watching Chris Davis. It, you can go to the gym and work out, and that improves your hand-eye coordination. So yeah. I don't understand anything. He screwed sabermetrics. Chris Davis, yeah, he makes me question everything about, is Michael <laughs> Elias the right guy? Does Is sabermetrics really a thing that we should be adopting? Maybe we should tell all, all our minor leaguers just to hit the weight room more. Like, is that right. Have we missed this right. whole thing? Let Chris like, Davis run an organization, and, and, and maybe they win the World Series every year, and they all just work out all uh, the time. That would be fun. If, if, we had a, if Chris Davis, if suddenly Chris Davis was the way you build a team, I guess you'd bring back Brady Anderson. Oh yeah, uh, for, for diet nutrition. Absolutely. Right. Bring back, bring back Mickey Tettleton. Jay yeah, Gibbons. Fruit Loops in. <laughs> Jay, Jay, Gibbons. Jay Gibbons in there. Yeah. All any guy who was on steroids that insisted he was not on steroids, you bring them all back. Yeah, yeah. Or any guy who has arms that look like they're on steroids, I'll take any of yeah. that. Bring in back fact, Sammy Sosa. Right. In fact, Rock. Sorry, you can't write about the Orioles anymore. You got to be working for the Orioles now. Yeah, be maybe, helping Chris Davis out. Yeah, maybe Rock can hit home runs. Who knows? It's why it's is there no weird. photo yet of Rock's arms and Chris Davis's arms, like flexing together? Yeah, I don't know, yeah. Josh. Make, make, make that happen. <laughs> make that happen. <laughs> seems Josh. like a, seems like a little work, especially now when we're all locked down in our homes. Yeah. Who else do you think the uh, who else in the Orioles? It hurts Chris Davis because he was hot. Who else do you, like? I think about. Like, certainly guys making their MLB debut. Like, Austin Hayes, especially coming out all those injuries, finally healthy. Um, and guys like Hunter Harvey, I guess. I don't know. But maybe it hurts it, older guys more. I don't know. Does it I, Does it help the Orioles' timeline? Like, well, I think it hurts other teams more. Hurt? Right? Like, you heard the scenario, if there's no baseball this year, the Dodgers traded for Mookie Betts, and he still becomes a free agent. <laughs> Right, <laughs> so they don't because right, right. their players are still getting their arbitration year, and yes. even if that means in the free agency, the Orioles aren't really affected. But I mean, I guess Givens and Mancini, but they're not really. They don't have a lot of arbitration guys to begin with, so it affects them less. So I think in that way, it helps Orioles a little bit, and it helps guys like you know what? It helps Josh Rogers who had Tommy John at the end of last season, 
And I think there was someone else in our camp that had Tommy John as well. I always get confused. So, Evan Phillips and, Cole, and and Cody Carroll. I get those two guys confused. Maybe one of those guys. Oh, Zach Pop so. was the other guy who had uh, Zach Pop. Yeah, yeah, had arm injuries last year. And like, right. um, and um, DJ Stewart was coming off um, an injury, and so he he could be yeah. fully healthy. And Trey Mancini, of course, uh, possibly could help. That right, extra maybe. time off could yeah. help him. Yep. Um, so yeah, maybe the, the Orioles might be. In all of baseball, the team that it helps the most. Yeah. I also was thinking if, like, but the weird draft stuff. I don't know. If, is this official that there's just going to be, like, five rounds of dra- of drafting? Is that, like, an official thing? or I, That's what I was reading, yeah. I don't know. Like, that's, be, that well, seems like it'll hurt the Orioles. Right? Yeah, well, it's, it's weird because of how, like, I guess college eligibility is going to give players another year and stuff. And then I heard, so. like, making the other guys free agents, but that seems like... Highly questionable, right? Because then, right? Because then they, they'll all go to the Yankees. That seems to be or, the whole point. Or baseball will make like you can only sign them for twenty thousand dollars, and so they're all miss out on their signing bonuses, and they'll all be poor. Um, so either scenario is is weird. So yeah, I think there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, but like, if the oral season is shortened, I think that's an advantage for the Orioles. The less games they play, the better they have a chance to win. I mean. Um, a short series. I mean, they could beat uh, they could beat three Cy Young winners. They could beat Scherzer, Verlander, and Price in a short series. So right. the, the the shorter the season, I think that the better for the Orioles. What do you think about this talk about extending the season to like November, December, and like <laughs> playing the World Series in in Florida, on, on Arizona? Yeah. Scott Boris said the World Series will end on Christmas. Yeah, and like Which for a, one, you can't predict when a World Series will end because it could be five games, it could be seven games, and like so don't you don't know, know you when the season will start. <laughs> like, how can you predict when the season will end when you don't know when it's going to start? Well, well, I think he had it start in July first. Okay, I think is what he did. He had okay. to pick a start date in order to do that math. Okay, um, but that's not going to really ho- work. It's, ho- it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Uh, if the Orioles want to come play down here and play in games in Florida and and. You know what? There's a nice, some nice stadiums in Jacksonville and in Daytona. I would love to have the Orioles come play it. If what about playing the, Ed Smith? I'll go over and I'll check out some games. What about the Super Bowl? Is held in a neutral location with nice weather? Yeah. What about yeah. that for the World Series? It doesn't work. The Super Bowl is held at a neutral location because it's one game. Baseball, seven games. The beauty of it is baseball way more than football, I think. You have a home field advantage. Football, you do have the difference. Especially if there's cameras of, and of, trash cans involved. Right, right. Football, you have the difference of field quality. And that's it. It's it's all the same. Baseball, you've got different size fences, different heights of fence, different lengths of fence. You've got so many differences. That different that foul territory. Must, right, exactly. Big hills that, in center field. Oh, no, it's not that anymore. No, but, that's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish they brought that back. Remember, they used it used to be a flagpole right yes. in the middle of that hill. I want. I love that. I do I too. Bring it all back. I want more obstacles for outfielders. Right, um, but they, you add all that on, plus you add a crazy uh, baseball uh, stadium packed for your fans. Baseball is the biggest home field advantage in sports. Yeah, it's all as like a viewer too. That's part of what makes playoff baseball cool, right? Is to see those stadiums packed and loud like that's part of the appeal of playoff baseball um not not a bunch of corporate whatever like if i was an oral season ticket holder 
and this year they went to the World Series and it was held in Florida, I would be furious. I would be furious. Yes. But well, I don't care because... But, was, but you would travel. I, yeah. You would go. Well... But suddenly there is no home field, yeah. so you're going to have it like the Super Bowl, or where it's 50-50, or 25 really 25-25, nobody that cares. Yeah, exactly. Marlin man. <laughs> right, exactly. A bunch of Marlin men. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't see baseball doing that. I see them doing a shortened season over any of that. How many um, games? I think I think 81. I think you just Whoa. cut it straight in half. 81? That's yeah. I've never heard anyone say that low of a number. I know everyone's everyone's talking about the number one hundred, and I don't know. I've heard it, people say like one hundred forty. I haven't done the math. I guess now that now, if you say all right, we start playing in, let's say June first, because let's say if now we're supposed to be on uh, use all these rules until the April thirtieth. So then that gives a month. You give the baseball teams a month to get ready. You're looking at June first. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If you watch the news, add some double headers, get rid of some blank days. Um, the news is crazy. It changes every day. I know. If you watch the news, knows? it feels like June 1st is a pipe dream at this point, right? Like, I think July 1st, maybe. I don't know. I mean, on the one uh, hand, you have people talking about 140 games. On the other hand, you have people talking about no season at all. Or And, right. like, you had Kirk Herbstreit come out and say, football, there might be no football season this year. Like, what? Yeah, I saw that, too. And... Nobody knows. And yeah, that's the thing. No I, one knows. I tell people this at work. I tell people all the time because we're still working, Florida, right. but we're also an essential company. And people are asking me because I'm management. They're just asking me stuff all the time. And I keep telling them, you got to have patience with us because I've never gone through this before. The owner of the company has never gone through this before. The news media has never gone through this before. The president's never gone through this before. Baseball's never gone through this before. No one knows what we're doing. We're all winging it. We're all guessing. We'll get there when we get there. It's the same with education. I mean, we're now, and I just started this week, today actually, online teaching. But it's not really online teaching because nothing is set up or designed for us to teach online. Like, we're just all kind of making it up as we go. And so there's no... It's not, and they they gave us like a two days to prepare to transition everything to online, but it's not right. And people have different access to online. It's just it's a whole mess because nothing is right and nothing is normal. So we're all just trying yeah. to make the best of it. And it's why every day when you watch the news, it's different because no one really knows. Yeah. You can't model this because no one knows. Yeah, it's all fake. And then I went to, and then uh, last night there's a big old party happening right behind my house with these country boys. Hi, if you're listening. And then oh, they must be from Florida. No, no, these are Eastern Shore country boys. <laughs> they, all right, all right, gotcha. uh, they're, but they were having a good old time last night in their little shed, um, or their, their barn. My, my neighbors do not social distance. Yeah, and, and neither do. Well, I have one neighbor There's who parties do. parties every night. And we're nice, and the other neighbors um, do, do not uh, follow the social distance. And then I went to Lowe's today. You know, I don't. I to, yeah. Speaking of social distance, and you went shopping. Well, I listen, I'm trying to get my garden ready. Um, and if they're going to shut down, I don't know if Lowe's is in danger of ever shutting down. No, I, I need to get all my tomato plants. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they fall under essential. I think they do. But you know what bugs me about essential? That freaking liquor stores uh, and freaking bakeries are essential. What? No, go ahead. No, that Walmart and Target are essential because they sell groceries, but they leave the entire store open. Uh, so, like, if you go to Walmart pole. for groceries, you'll see people in there, like, shopping in, like, for TVs and in the toy section and clothes. And I'm like, what's going on? Just – they should rope off the whole thing that's not groceries. Well, I was talking to my neighbor here. I don't want to put people's business out there. 
but the local car wash here on Ken Island is still open, and they say they're essential. And because my uh, my neighbor's son works for the car wash, why, and why are they essential? Because and this is what the car wash says, and and they try to shut them down, and they're suing to say that they're essential because they clean the cars of first responders, and so because okay, they clean the car of first responders, they're saying that they're essential, and so there's this fight going on but they're still open yeah. car wash here in can island so like w- the whole question about what's essential and what's non-essential it, to me is just kind of fascinating you know i wrote a document today congratulations that is titled critical infrastructure authorization to work and travel and i and it's got my signature on here and all a nice document that all my employees now need to carry in their car uh, can you give me one because, of me too so i can drive around right because they are essential so yeah. this way this way if anyone stops them they show the uh, law enforcement officer, this letter, and then the law enforcement officer can call me, and I can tell them, sorry, we're essential. I, I that's cool, Josh. And you just typed that up yourself. Congratulations! I guess I, anyone can I do did. that. I bet if you I go saw... to your neighbor's house and throw in the party, they all have paperwork saying they're essential. This is an essential right. party that they're having. Well, I have to say why we're essential. It's in. It does say that in the letter. But mm. I looked up. I was like, all right, there's got to be like a government letter I need to download. And I talked to some other companies and all, and they're like, no, you just type up your own. And I'm like, oh, okay. So put I on some letterhead some and you're good to go. Yeah. I, I copied someone else's, put it on letterhead, put a nice signature at the bottom and my phone number, and we're good to go apparently. But yeah, yeah I think you can make a – someone uh, on Twitter today was asking like, how do I get one of them for my work? And I messaged him. I said, yeah, you just make your own. It's really simple. It's funny. Yeah. Well, now, if, now if that's abu- – if that's – people are abusing that, they'll find the, – We'll track you down and find out. Well, yeah, I think it, it's, and I don't know how it's over there, but I listened to the news today, and I guess it's police officer discretion with a lot of this stuff, which sounds, I don't know, very questionable. But I guess if you get a paper like that, it becomes discretionary to that yeah. police officer if they want to pursue it or not. Um, yeah, until we get to martial law. Right. Yeah. We're not there and, yet. And oh, oh, last night I couldn't sleep. Okay. And last night I went into a deep dive of conspiracy theories oh. because one, I live in Florida. Get out your tinfoil hats. Yeah. And, and I, so it's, it all started because Trump this weekend, I think it was Sunday was given a speech and he was talking about 151 countries and how he was talking to someone and this person didn't know that there were 151, <laughs> but the way he misspoke or something and the way he phrased the question, I was looking for the video to play it back for you before the show, but I couldn't find it. Because what he said is he said, I was talking to someone not of this world, and he couldn't believe we had 151 countries. So because of that, you know, all these weird alien people mm. are going off on, oh, Trump slipped up. He said, not of this world. <laughs> and uh, and it reminded me of Coast to Coast and how you and I both used to listen to Coast to Coast and, and fall asleep to it. And we like... Uh, George Norrie and all that. I don't like George Norrie. I loved Art Bell. No, you like Art Bell. Uh, Art George, Bell is George Norrie is a hack. Right, George That's Norrie why I don't listen anymore. Yeah. Of Art Bell. Yeah. So I, I said, you know what? People in Florida are crazy. Let me see what the internet has to do with some of these conspiracies. Have you gone down this path yet? Josh, I have not gone down the coronavirus right, it's, it's, conspiracy it's, oh, it's path. It was so much fun. Okay. It was, it was so much fun. You're, you're telling me, I just watched uh, The Tiger King. I understand that there's crazy people in this world. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, someone asked me how you explain the Tiger King. I said, well, there's drugs involved. And that's the only way any of it makes sense. But but real quick, Josh, before we get to Tiger King, um, 
you you can laugh at those conspiracies theories, and you will. And then all of a sudden, you'll you'll listen to Alex Jones on Joe Rogan, yes. and you'll be like, "Oh my gosh, it's all true." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yes. I would like these guys to go on Joe Rogan because yeah, I end up believing whoever's on Joe Rogan. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, all right. So this here's here's the conspiracy theory that's going around. Okay. This Q, it's all around this Q Anon guy, Anon guy. It was like uh, the guy, like Pizzagate and all that, like anti-Hillary stuff, and you know the 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 uh, state government that's that's behind the scenes running all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. The deep so, state. All right. Yeah, the deep state. So apparently, the coronavirus is all part of the storm, which is the undercover operative to take down the deep state. So all of this lockdowns and stuff is preparing for the for this deep state takedown. So. Somewhere between April 1st and April 10th, for either three to 10 days, they're not sure yet, you are, we are going to get shut down and lose all internet, all cell phones, all communication. And during this time is when they are going in and arresting everyone connected to the deep state, from Tom Hanks to Oprah to Hillary mm. Clinton, and arresting all these people. Then when the three days is over... For 24 hours, it was a very detailed uh, yeah, conspiracy theory. And lots of people who writing about it. For the 24 hours after that, or do, there's two theories. One is right after that. One is the entire time that there's a media blackout and a communication blackout. The only thing that will be playing on all TVs, on the internet, on your phones, the only thing that you'll be able to watch is an eight-hour documentary that is about the deep state and showing all the evidence and all the connections and what these guys have been doing for all this time. And the reason the Aren't there like 100 down, YouTube videos about that already? Right. So that's probably where they're getting the eight hours. And it's, it's stuff that's so wild and so specific and confessions and all this stuff that you'll have no option but to believe it and understand it and for everyone to believe it. And the three-hour shutdown of the internet is so that they can reboot the internet to, without all of the... Uh, back channels and hacks that the deep state is running so that the deep because the deep state can watch you through your cell phone and is listening to your alexa so they got to take they already interrupted this podcast a couple times right exactly so they got to take three days to clear all of that off your system and it would be finally by good friday we will have our own resurrection of a world where we will reboot and be a new world without the deep state. Oh, that's why Trump and said Donald, Easter. And Donald yeah. Trump is our savior. And that's why Donald Trump is talking about Easter. Yeah. Because he knows all this is happening beforehand. Yeah. And so. well, if, that is, if that's what it takes to bring back Orioles baseball, fine. Sign me up. Exactly. If, yeah, if, I'm all good. If Orioles baseball comes oh. back by the end of April, whatever. Deep right. state, uh, you know, Trump, whatever. I'll yeah. take it for Orioles baseball. What I, but what I liked about this conspiracy is they were very clear about Three days from April 1st to April 2nd, which means, and when this doesn't happen in two weeks, we will know it's all false. Yeah, they'll say April but, Fool's. But I want to give all of our listeners a warning because you won't be notified about it. But if we don't have any internet and can't do the podcast next week, this is why. Yes, if you it's don't hear state. us on Monday, this is exactly why. Because Josh right. is part of the deep state the whole time. <laughs> exactly. No, no, it's not because I'm the deep state. It's because our communication is shut down. Oh yeah, for three days. Yeah, and I yeah, and I went down this rabbit trail uh, and just wanted to make sure to warn all of our all of our listeners that we will be uh, silent and we'll all just be sitting in our homes watching this eight hour documentary. 
and and, about, and uh, the document Epstein and Hillary and uh, pizza. And you saw the doc. You said the documentary is called The Tiger King. Is that was that the name of the documentary? <laughs> the Tiger right. King. No, that was the. But it might as well have been. That's the documentary that shut down the internet. Yeah. Uh, for the past week, two weeks. So didn't we talk about Tiger King last week? No, or I did not watch. I it just yet? I just watched it uh, just two 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 okay. days ago. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. You don't want to talk about Tiger King, do you? No, I thought it was terrible. That's all I'll say about it. I thought, I, I, I thought, that's because that's you get depressed by a watching a movie about just no good people in it at all. Yes, I do, and I think it's I think it's I, and, and people are just making fun of them, and they don't know that they're being made fun of, and they're all they're all how, just evil people, all of them. All right, what? How did he get nineteen percent of the governor vote? How did 19% of the people in the state vote for Joe Exotic? How did, how did Trump win the presidency? I guess name recognition? Here, here's the one question no, I have about the show. Here's the one question I have about yeah. the show. Yes, I have, Carol killed her husband. Yeah, fine. I think Carol is evil and treats her animals terribly. I think. Oh, I think they all do. I think they're all the same. Yeah, well, I think Carol probably treats animals the worst. Have you seen the weird thing going around the internet about how the tiger from like Doc Antler was in a Britney Spears music video? And then, like at the VMAs, Britney Spears is sitting next to Carol. Oh no, I didn't see that. In like the nineties, it was weird. Doc Antler is a cult leader. Like that's that's what you call a cult leader. That's him. yeah. Doc Antler is the one that has forces all the girls to. Yeah, it's a cult. Stay there. Yeah, and they can't leave. That's a cult. Right. Um. Yeah, but oh my my my, my one question. Well, first of all, why do why are people entertained by this? That's a whole other thing that makes me depressed. But because my, it's the perfect show. For the coronavirus, when you just don't want to deal with real life, when you like, and you're stuck in because you feel better about you your own life out. by watching these idiots run run around, these evil, not just idiots. It's not just that they're dumb; they're like, oh, they like hurt everyone around them. I don't know. It seems like they bring a lot of joy. I mean, lots of people died, and there were lots of drug use, and people and lost limbs, that are, and people taken yeah. advantage of, and people end yeah. up in prison, and yeah, just everyone's terrible. They're all smiling. They're all happy. Yeah. I mean, the one that lost his limb, like, would go back in a, in a second and work there. Yeah, I liked her, and I liked the guy with no legs. Everyone, I, I liked everyone I liked else the is guy. Terrible. I liked the campaign manager because he was like the normal one that was thrown into this. <laughs> he was a guy working at Walmart. <laughs> right. He was like any of us if we just showed up, like, went and applied for a job, and then started learning all this craziness. Yeah, but he like hung on too. And then, but he even he, he he saw he saw the the suicide of that boy, and then that's when it was too much for oh, me. Spoiler alert! When when Joe had the funeral, that was that was like, <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. That was like a Scott's when, tots. Like that was that's too much for me. It's too embarrassing. I can't believe this. When the is, boy's mom is just sitting. There. I couldn't even watch. I had to leave the room. Um, and then the wedding later, I had to leave the room at that too. When he's she invited yeah. to the wedding, I had to leave. The, I can't yeah. even handle that. It's just so terrible. I know you don't like the cringeworthiness. I can't watch Scott's Tots, but this entertained me. Yeah, well, Scott's Tots even isn't real. This is real. Yeah. Oh, that's but true. my question was, how do these people have so much money? Every time they do, like they drive in nice cars and all these interviews. Well, where does uh, money come from? Yeah, I don't know. Because it's not from selling tigers, because they were only getting like five thousand a tiger, and they drain all their money on lawyers and stuff, right? Yeah, I don't know. And but, all right, did you know that it only cost five thousand dollars to hire someone to kill someone? Yeah, that's that's part of the reason why you know that story's bogus. You right. you don't believe that story at all. That Joe no, was not no, behind he, that at all. No, Joe got framed. Yeah, but Joe deserves yeah. to be in prison for other reasons. But he got framed for that oh, one. I guarantee, I'm sure Joe went and shot his tigers. <laughs> 
and, and, and bury them. Because yeah. what else do you do when they get that big? Or you gotta ooh, get no, no, I believe that they were sick. That they were sick too. And so yeah, you uh, yes. Yeah, I believe that they were sick. I do believe that. Yeah. But uh but yeah, he didn't But he deserves to go to prison for he because he definitely burned down his building. He deserved to go to prison for that. Yes. He bur- all right. All right, when the guy when when the guy is it when the guy gets his arm. If you haven't watched going, Tiger right. King, you should just skip for the next five minutes. I should have yeah, told sorry. you that five minutes ago. <laughs> sorry. I got questions too. Um, My only question was about the money. How'd they get that right. money to buy those nice cars? But you're right. Yeah, Joe burned down his own building. But when... He also, like, th- all the threats to Carol. He should, you should get in trouble for shooting a dummy at Carol. You should get you in know, trouble for some of that stuff. You know, he didn't write or sing those songs. He hired a band to write and sing those songs, and then he just lip-sank over them. Oh, I didn't know he lip-sank on I assume he didn't <laughs> yeah. write them. That doesn't sound like right. him writing them. Um, but that doesn't surprise but, me at all. Uh, yeah. No, all right. I don't remember if it's when the person got his arm torn off or if it was when the husband shot himself. But at what point were the paramedics called and suddenly Joe's there in a paramedic jacket? Like he had his own. What? Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That. He comes to me. Like there's, an, there's like, there's like, it's like, call for help, call the paramedics. And then you go to Joe and he's like suddenly on site in a paramedic, like, jacket with his name on it and all Hmm. so i don't know weird show it's just you know what it's just a weird time in life when you're like watching like all these like hospital tents be set up in central park on the real news and stuff you need something like joe exotic to just turn your brain off i guess maybe i find it try to make sense of this crazy world but i i I guess it's it's certainly like gives something people no they all loved each other don't you wish you had two husbands that were not gay, but for some reason pretended to be gay to marry you? For drugs and guns, I guess? Yeah. What would you do for drugs yeah. and guns? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we'll answer that question. Yeah. Tiger, though, I was also really surprised. Like, the most interesting part, when they said at the end that there was only, like, 4,000 tigers in the wild, but, like, 5,000 captivity. I didn't know there was only 4,000 tigers in the wild. That kind of blew, blew my yeah, mind. Yeah, that there's more in captivity in America than in wild. Which, I'm 5,000 yeah, no in captivity doesn't surprise me, but the 4,000 right. is all that they have in the wild is, I found, Well, wild. I mean, if you think about it, they're only in a certain part of the world in the wild. Sure. So, still. I think that limits it. It was zoos, um, too, right? You know there's one of these sketchy zoo places, like, down the street from me. I haven't seen it yet. It's, like, down another street. But I wake up when Mandy and I walk in the morning or at night. We can hear the lions roar. Oh, really? Yeah. So now I want to go check it out. After apparently they charge a bunch to go there. Well, you even, I, they mentioned like a couple hundred bucks even at the other place at the whatever at Doc's place. It was like two fifty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah. That's why it's only guys like Shaq go in there. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I once a drive in cross country and a car broke down. Right outside the home of the world's largest head, um, uh, pra- 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 prairie dog. It's where our car broke down. World's yeah, but was prairie the prairie dog, dog alive? Well, I don't know. The, the store was closed, so we hopped the fence. And we saw like some, some cows with five legs. But, and we saw prairie dogs running around everywhere. And we saw this big kind of house that looked like it could house a, a huge prairie dog. But we never, <laughs> no, we never came out. No, prairie dogs don't have a house. Wow, this had like a little. I know they're underground, but they had this one had a little kind of uh, encasement that looked like it held. What do you, what do you think? It's uh, 
uh, Groundhog's Day. But they pull them out of a little house. I don't know, but that's the thing about the prairie dogs. They were all running around outside the fence because you can't contain those things because they, you know, dig little holes and dig out of it. So they were running around like yeah, outside I, of the park and then going back in the park. Yeah. Well, then they're stupid if they keep going back in the fence when they get out of the fence. I'm sure you can. You can definitely contain a prairie dog. They contain. I've seen prairie dogs at the zoo. You contain them by doing a. You do a nice concrete aquarium and then you fill it up with dirt. All right, but deep. So they'll dig all the way to the left, hit concrete, and dig another where. It's like a big. It's a big ant farm. I'm not saying you can't contain prairie dogs. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's what it sounded like you said. These that. these prairie dogs were not contains. Okay, I'll give you that. Well, yeah, because they want to live. They want to treat them humanely, just like uh, the Tiger King had plenty of t- space for his tigers to run around and play, except for when they were inside of suitcases going through to the Vegas. Yeah, and I, I just looked it up. Uh, Prairie Dog Town, it's clo- it's, it was called. I guess it's closed now. But they had a six-legged steer um, and the world's lo- largest pra- prairie dog and a bunch of snakes. There you go. That's uh, weird. And it only cost six bucks to enter, unlike those other. Whatever. All right. Good thing we had Jeff Arnold on here earlier today, so we could talk some Orioles. Yeah, we got an Orioles talk in. You should have turned it off then, you fools. Uh, Josh, uh-huh. predictions for when the season starts? Uh, June 1st. Okay. I'm going to stick with June 1st. I'm going to say July 17th. All right. July 17th. Why July 17th? That's going to be a really short season. How many games do you think they're going to play? Um, then if you're saying July 17th. I didn't do the math. I mean, there's no way to know with any of this stuff, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right, Josh. I would be a little surprised if it's June, actually. But I wouldn't be surprised if the whole season was canceled. I wouldn't be surprised if they canceled the season. That would suck. Yeah. Are, are, are you getting tired of not having sports yet? Like, this was the first th- opening day was hard. This is the first kind of uh, week where I kind of really missed. Like, when the weather gets warm, that's when I missed. Today was really nice outside. That's where I miss baseball. Um, yeah, so as the weather gets warm, it gets nicer outside. I'm going to miss it even more and more. It's true. Yeah. Um, did you watch the uh, Dumb and Young double game? No. The, the, the Orioles were broadcasting? No, I was busy doing stuff that whole day. I didn't realize that was even being played until I got on social media. I didn't was on social media all day until like right. 8 o'clock at night. And then I saw this. Go like, oh, shoot, I missed all that. Um, yeah, I tuned in a little bit before the double. So it was just in time. Yeah. Um, so I, I was called, was able so, to catch it. I've seen the Dumb Del- and Young double a couple times. I know, exactly. <laughs> um, I saw ESPN, I think next week, is showing the 21-31 game. Oh, cool. So I'll turn and watch, watch that. Yeah. I, I hope the they... Um, right there. I hope that they had some way to like remaster the video quality or something. Because I know the VHS I had of it was really worn down. Yeah, that's cool. So... Yep. Yeah, let me get Silas to watch that with me. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I cool. think they're doing really good stuff on ESPN and stuff, and they did it earlier with on CBS and other main networks about showing replaying not, games. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, and you saw MLB is showing the uh, Zach Britton bullpen game. Yeah, I saw today they have uh, Derek <laughs> Jeter's like last home run against the Orioles, which was awesome. Evan Meek, and then they also have yeah the the Zach Britton. The not Zach Britton game, um, and so 
Yeah, that's an awesome lineup tonight for MLB. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Saturday is the Zach Britton game. Or Friday or Saturday. It's this weekend. So you will not want to tune in for that. Yeah, yeah don't. Um, all right. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully we'll be back next week. Assuming we're, yeah. the internet still exists. Right. If if the if the internet does go away, when we after Good Friday, when we get everything back, we'll be back with you in the new world. Yeah, and we better hope there's Orioles baseball soon, or Josh is going to turn this podcast just into a conspiracy hour show. Hey, we need content. Yeah. Well, we once again thank Jeff Arnold uh, from the Baltimore Orioles broadcast team for joining us here on Section Three Three Six. That was yeah. a fun interview. And congrats again to him. So excited to for him to uh, get this like childhood dream coming true. Yeah. Did you have to go through some kind of Orioles PR to get him on the show, Josh? Do you really want to talk about that on the podcast? No, never mind. Forget I asked. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Hey, Orioles PR. You can reach me there, too. At Josh Soroka on Twitter. <laughs> you can edit this part out, Josh, if you want. Thanks for listening, boys and care. girls. And as always, go O's. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.